0: Hi there, uh, welcome to episode number 18 of Spontaneous Conversations. Uh, this is Ravi Gundlapalli, founder CEO of Mental Cloud.
1: Hi, this is Rajesh Sethi I'm a serial entrepreneur.
0: And uh, today Rajesh and I are very, very glad to uh, introduce to you a surprise guest uh, from ZEC Republic, uh, Dr. Stan. Stan, please introduce yourself.
2: Hello, uh, my, my name is Stan. As you said, I'm coming from the Czech Republic and right now I'm just traveling around the world. But the reason why I'm here is that you somehow consider me probably a successful entrepreneur.
0: You <laughs> <laughs> will find out in our conversation.
2: Stan, uh, so Rajesh, so what do you have in mind today?
1: Yeah, so uh, we also have a silent participant, Rohit, or friend. And Rohit and I uh, heard his story, Stan's story. But his first company, I guess, got so fascinated how he bootstrapped the first story. Uh, Gallard is the name. Yes, exactly. Gallard is the fashion brand. And I thought uh, this will be amazing for our listeners to hear mm-hmm. how uh, Dr. Stan started Gallard and what uh, was he thinking, what were the tec- techniques, what were the tactics, how did he go about bootstrapping Gallard to be a successful brand? Mm-hmm.
0: So, essentially, you know, to, to our listeners, so the bootstrapping is basically doing more with less. And there are so many ways we can find resources around us that we always, most entrepreneurs think, first thing to do is, you know, go raise a, go raise a bunch of money. And that's the mindset in Silicon Valley. So, this whole topic of bootstrapping, I think, is very, very valuable to listen to, to kind of your story. How did you get started?
2: Yeah, so I didn't really raise any money. And uh, actually a lot of people ask me when, when they see the company now, like, uh, how did you start a company? Usually they think I have like a really rich parents that helped me to uh, launch the company. Uh, but basically the first investment, and I, I know it sounds actually well, like even like a dream now basically when I talk about it. The first investment that I put in it was $800. So I started the company with $800. After like, after like half a year, I saw it works. I put some of my savings there around like $10,000. That's still not a lot. And basically that was all money they launched the company with. So uh, what I was actually doing is that uh, Gallard uh, right now is a, is a fashion company that is manufacturing uh, tailor-made and bespoke shirts and suits and sells like luxurious uh, shoes uh, that we import from Britain. Mm. And uh, uh, basically, I started with, uh, uh, with uh, tailor-made shirts and uh, at that time I was working in a company when, when, when a couple of my colleagues, they were wearing uh, tailor-made shirts. And they were paying like above $100 a shirt. And I loved their shirt. And I was like, but they are just like too expensive, you know. I I, really, I couldn't not really uh, afford them. And at the same time, I went just for for a weekend to London, and I have heard about uh, about a spe- about the street in London, and it's called Savile Row, and at, at that street you can get bespoke shirts and suits, and uh, and they are amazing. But suits start at around like five thousand dollars a shirt is like two hundred dollars and more and i was like i'm sure there must be a way how to provide this experience in czech republic but for like a more reasonable price Mm. so uh, when i got back from that weekend in london i uh Asked a friend of mine who was working in a, in, in a fashion business how are actually these shirts manufactured and I found out that there is just like several companies and they are also in the Czech Republic who are actually manufacturing uh, all these shirts. They are handmade. They are bespoke like based on the, the measurements I take from you. Uh, but they do it for different brands mm. and basically this is true for every single thing so for example if you have a suit that is for example Gucci or uh, if you have a jeans that are uh, Cavalli or uh, Versace they do not have their own production Correct. The, there are factories around the world that are manufacturing this stuff for different brands so I was like okay let's meet that company and let's ask them if they can manufacture it for me so I met with, with the, like a GM of that company and I told him what my intention was. And actually, I, I met two of those companies. In the first one, they told me I'm crazy, you know, that, I'm, that they, do, they don't know what to uh, cooperate with such a small uh, entities. The other one was like, oh, let's give it a try. So he, we, we gave it a try and he said that he will uh, be willing to manufacture the shirts for my brand. Uh, at the same time, I found a company that was willing to uh, and they are still there are actually a couple of such companies, and they were willing to supply me fabric based on order that I do not have to keep it in stock that I just can order like like a small uh, small amounts. Mm. So basically I was like, okay, so I can start s- selling shirts. I don't need to keep stock. I don't need to buy any machines, anything. So basically, I asked my friend to make me uh, a website. I promised him a shirt in exchange. <laughs> so let's say that it was around like $50 for, for a website. Uh, then I created uh, business cards, and I have created a packaging for, so like like a nice bag and, you know, and just like a little features to, to provide a, a nice packaging. And th- this altogether was like around 800. And uh, I just learned, uh, I, I went to, to see the manufacturer and everything, and they learned me in a day how to measure the body to create the perfect shirt. So I got back home and actually I just met a couple of my friends and I asked them to provide me numbers of their friends that would be willing to buy such a like, high-end shirt. That would cost around like $100.00. And I just got a couple of numbers. I met a couple of people. Really, it was like, like a few individuals, like 15. And like half of them bought the shirt. At the same time, there were some people who were like hard to crack to, to buy a shirt. So mm-hmm. I provided them the shirt for half the price. So they bought the shirt. And basically like within a month, uh, I uh, sold around like 50 shirts. And, uh, and so, uh,
0: did these shirts were like... They were not made before.
2: They were made to order. Exactly. And they were they, they were made to order. So basically, uh, I, I sold the shirt for $100. I manufactured the shirt for around $50. And actually, I had like no costs besides my time meeting the clients and selling the first shirt. So, and, and like in retrospectively, I, I had like no business background. And now I know this is called a lean startup. Yeah. So basically, this is what they say, like try to actually first validate the business that the people are interested. But I have seen that I, I with the help of my wife, that we have sold uh, like around like like 50, uh, 50 shirts. And uh, at that time, you know, like I sold, like I made like $2,500 a month uh, besides my regular job. And I was like, that 's great that's, that's nice, that, yeah, so that 's a lot of money, especially in the Czech Republic, so uh, what we did that we hired a first consultant, it was a young lady, she was uh, paid on commission, so again, no uh, expenses from all the shirts she she sold. I was actually making a very small profit on that, but it was helping me to get some traction our first shirt sold at the same time. My clients were not anymore my friends, so they wanted to like go somewhere to pick up the shirt. Because first, I was delivering the shirt. So they Ooh. were happy, you know. So I was like, hello, this is Stan from Gallard. You know, like, I'm selling a bespoke shirt. I can meet you in your office. That's a great benefit. And I will deliver the shirt personally. So of course, they were considering this a great benefit. But actually, at the same time, I had actually no premises. So...
0: And approximately, you know, when was this in terms of year? Was it late '90s,
2: early 2000s? No, this was 2012, uh, oh. 2011, 2011.
0: Very interesting. So you you almost did what you know Dell did for computers. They didn't have any stock. They just waited for the order, and yeah. then they went to the suppliers and got uh,
2: the yes. laptops done. That's fantastic. Yeah, please continue. So, so basically. Uh, and that was the moment when I realized that I need like some kind of like a small store so I and it wasn't even a store it was a small office in a business building but I was like I don't need to be in a mall you know I'm selling expensive stuff and I'm and to businessmen, I don't need to be in a mall you know I just need to keep that personal approach so I was like let's have it in a, in, a, in a business building and actually most of the people in the business building can be my customers so I spent like ten thousand dollars to like buy a very nice carpet to put like a wallpapers on the walls Uh, I got the first stock of ties and cufflinks and uh, you know basically the like a like a place where and and first like a couple of samples of of shirts and that was the moment when it was already me uh, my wife and the first consultant selling uh, the shirts and like what happened like within like six months, actually we were all doing this part time, but we sold like around like 200, 300 shirts. So actually I got the feedback from the, from the market. They, they like it. And what was a great change was that uh, some of the clients were saying that they want suit. If I'm gonna manufacture suits, I was like, I have no idea how suits are manufactured. But it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter, yeah. So, I went online and I was like, (laughs) bespoke suits. (laughs) So, I learned how they are manufactured. And I visited like around 20 uh, tailors in the Czech Republic who are manufacturing suits. And uh, I asked them if they would be willing to manufacture them under my brand. And I found some that were willing to do that. So, what actually happened that I just try to sell some of those. I sold like five suits like in a, in a month. Uh, but they are manufactured for like a pretty long time. It's like five, six weeks to, to to get them done. So of course, there was like a difficult time when I was figuring out if, if it makes sense, if we are able to ma- uh, create a, a good suit but basically we were, I was able to manufacture the suit for like around like between 500 to 1000 and I was able to sell it for the twice as much money. So actually my margin was like around 100%. Um, so, and I was still in that small, like it was actually very, like very small place where we, we were selling them. Uh, but I got like, but the next like two months I got a couple of good clients who bought and then every one of them bought like two free suits. So basically I, I I sold like fifteen suits in two three months. But basically I made like around twenty twenty thousand dollars. So uh like now from a retrospective actually I have no idea where I got the guts to open larger store so actually I just moved to a larger place and we opened like a store that had around like there was like two sales uh, assistants and you know and like finally we got the stock of like shirts and a couple of suits Like a year passed. I don't know how and I started to import uh, shoes from Britain, but again, I needed no money because I uh, Okay, I, I bought just a few few shoes in stock and uh when there was a client who liked the shoes and I didn't have the size, I just ordered it. uh Of course, it added s- a certain amount of money, so I had a little, uh, like a smaller margin, but it still allowed me to to expand my offer. So that was like one like in one and a half year uh at that time I decided to open another store in different city. Again, it was small, it was like a, like a super tiny tiny store. But uh, the the byproduct of the all business, well, the whole business was, that suddenly I had a list of like 400 very rich Czech Czech people and top managers, uh, because like like who affords such and such an expensive uh, expensive suit or shirt? Uh, so I was making like a normal amount of money. Uh, after like one year I ran the company I quit my previous job and I started to do this full-time uh, You know, I just read a lot online. I started to like write my own blog a little bit I, I, I spent a lot of time like doing Doing like di- uh, direct sales So for example one of the things that worked very well was that I started to offer uh, courses for correct dress uh, like uh, how to dress co- 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 correctly for free to companies so I called the company and I told them that I'm willing to teach them how to dress properly uh, for free and uh, so I got there there were usually like between 15 to 30 people in audience and I was just telling them for an hour how to dress properly you know how to take care of their shirts, suits shoes etc etc let's say one two of them become uh, our client but But suddenly, when you realize if one of them bought a suit for two thousand dollars and I made a thousand dollars on that suit, it was a pretty good training. Uh, so that worked very well, and basically, I just tried to put myself in as many events where I could talk about pro- proper uh, clothes as possible, and one day. I met a guy in one of these events. Uh, he was uh, owner of an investment company, like a like a guy who works in the finances. And uh, I made him to come to the store and he ordered free shirts. Excellent. He liked the store, he came and, and he said that he wants them like fast, like he if like he, he doesn't care about like paying more for having in express. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, sure. So I did my best. To, to, to manufacture the shirt really fast and he got them next week. I delivered it uh, personally. Like I really, I really spent a lot of time with the, like this customer experience and like being really personal. He loved that, he came. Uh, he got to a store next day, he bought three pairs of shoes and every pair of shoes was like $200. So he spent a lot of that, uh, money there and he said that he wants a suit. He, 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 bought, he bought a suit, uh, that day, and again, he said that he wants to make it express. And again, he said he has no problem paying more. So I just put some kind of like a, a express fee there. And he was shopping in the store like for over a month, maybe two months. Uh, I I was very glad I have him as a customer. I. Uh, every time I could I gave him presents, so for example when he got a shirt I gave him a tie, when he got a suit I gave him uh, like, a, uh, like, like a pair of like a special treatment for a suit and uh, I took him for a for lunch, next time he took me for a lunch and one day he mentioned that actually he, he was always very fond of fashion and uh, next time he mentioned that actually you know that he can imagine having a fashion company like in his portfolio of companies because he was doing a lot with the finances and he said you know basically your clients are my clients and next time it was the fourth lunch we had together he said if I would be willing to sell the company and I was like hmm.
0: hmm, hmm. <laughs> This was after about two and a half years. Uh,
2: this this was this was two years. Two years, this was okay. Exactly two years. Okay. And uh, after two two years and three months, we signed the contract. He bought seventy percent of the company. Uh, he and basically he, he bought seventy percent of the company with the with the condition that I will start to work as a executive manager in his uh, holding in his group of companies that I will be in charge of some stuff there that and that he wants to grow the business, that he will hire a professional manager and so on. And I was like, awesome! Because first, I'm not a fashion guy, you know? I was like, I don't want to do fashion in my life. I like it, it's fun. But you know, I, I want to do something else. So suddenly I got a great job opportunity. So I was like, amazing, I want to do that. So he cashed for The 70% of the company, I was awesome. I bought a house, <laughs> uh, a better car, uh, and uh, but after like two months, I really didn't like what he was doing with the company. Like, we had a lot of disagreements about the future of the company, but. I didn't say anything. He just knew that I disagree a lot. And once again, we had lunch. And he said that, you know, don't you want to sell the rest of the company? And I'll do it my way. And I was like, I don't care. (laughs) So so he bought the rest of the company. He cashed for the rest of the company. And uh, basically, I I launched the company in 2011. I sold it in 2013. I I launched it in 2011 May or April. I, I sold it. Uh, 2013 September and since then I'm doing a different kind of a business but basically the the money I put in was $800 in the beginning then $10,000 later and then I was just uh, doing the whole stuff with all the money I earned of course like look I didn't pay myself for two years Uh, I had free clothes (laughs) and uh, of course I paid for the gas but basically, like in those two years, I didn't pretty much like buy anything, you know? So, so everything was paid from, from the company. Uh, mm. I had like no vacation basically and stuff like that, but who cares? Um, but you know, it paid off pretty, pretty soon.
1: Very, very good. I think, Ravi, this is extending a little bit. It's so interesting, so I have a few more questions.
0: Sure, sure. I I I think think this session can be long because the story was so gripping that we didn't want to interrupt you. But uh, Rajesh, what did you ask your first comment or question?
1: I have some comments, but the question was about naming and branding. So you shared with you with us why you named the company Galard and what was the reason behind
2: it? Okay, so uh, well I, I knew well, it's gonna be a fashion brand, so I wanted to have some kind of like a fashion name. And I do not really like those like like super super suits or like super shirts. Uh, so I knew that I want to have like a random name, you know something that doesn't mean anything but you can imagine something about that. So I have just created a couple of random words and this was one of them. And actually, okay, I, I, was, I was driving on the highway and Lamborghini was passing me. Lamborghini Gallardo. Gallardo. And I was like, Gallardo, that's a nice name. I like that. <laughs> so basically, I took out O and I made L and I took out one L. And I was like, Gallard. I was like, I like it, you know. First, my name is Gallic. So I was like, you know, Gallic Gallard. And then I was like, Gallard. So this almost was like art. I was like, I'd go for it. And uh, I went online. There was a free trademark and free website. I was like, awesome.
1: Very, very
0: nice. You know, it's it's interesting that uh, you know we, we were talking recently, Rajesh, about the about this this thing called serendipity. Yeah. You know, and and uh, we were saying that serendipity doesn't happen to anybody. It happens to somebody that is actually, you know, thinking about things. Like the fact that the Lamborghini passed you, the fact that this investment guy came to your store did not happen just like that. So people think that luck happened to somebody and they became. But your story is an is a, a another testament of how passionate work and you know, doing what it takes to build a company suddenly makes everything seem you know, very lucky. The, yeah. name, the name drops in your mind, the investor drops in your store, and suddenly everything happens. So I think uh, some, of the, the, some of the entrepreneurs listening should understand that to build a business, it requires the passion and real hard work and you know, not necessarily money in the first place.
2: and I totally agree with that Uh, you know you just really have to put time and effort in it because again that guy who bought the company I met him at event when I was speaking for free Uh, then next time like next day when he was shopping there he said I want to come at this time and, and I did everything I could to be there then he wants he said I want it fast and like I worked my ass off to do it like really fast and to provide him superb service. Of course, I, I, I had no idea he, he can buy company uh, the, the whole company, but I knew that he can be a good customer of mine. So I put a lot of effort to make him a happy customer and instead of a suit, he put, it, he put the whole yeah, the firm. Is Here firm. is
0: another example of, of uh, focusing on your product and customer service. Right? The customer became an investor and you know, became an acquirer.
1: That is so true. So, uh, in closing, should we uh, all give some comments, lessons learned and everything? Just to summarize, you know, what, is, what are the takeaways? I'm sure the story was super inspiring, Stan, and I'm sure people will enjoy it. I'll go first. One of the first things I realized, even when you first shared the story with me, uh, is that it is never about the lack of resources, it is always about the availability of resourcefulness. So, because there is no money, uh, there is no business plan, there is nothing, there is no investment. But you are very resourceful to see, even to offer someone. I'll give you a shirt. Can you build me a website, uh, like a barter kind of thing? Yeah. That is what is required when it comes to making things happen in a scrappy, a scrappy, not in a uh, derogatory fashion but with limited resources how can you build something that will make some make something valuable happen uh, the other thing that uh, um, i want to draw upon is the fact that uh, you didn't know much about the fashion industry so oh. right but that didn't stop you from saying, okay, let, let's build a business
2: because Google is there. I tell you why exactly, Google is there. Google told me everything, like everything is online. There are blogs, there yes. are videos. Like you can learn everything online, everything.
1: Yes, and the last one in from my side is what uh, Ravi, you mentioned, is about the um, insane focus on customers' experience. Although you were a small company, you gave people a very rich experience because the rich people like that personal service and then attention to detail, caring, and giving it exactly how they want it. So much that you met your um, like uh, an angel kind of person who fell in love with you and soon he fell in love with the business. So much that he acquired the whole company. That's what my takeaway was. Ravi, you want to share something?
0: Yeah, I think, uh, the, first of all, it was a very inspiring story. And I think a lot of Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, and especially entrepreneurs in, in the emerging in, in the countries that don't always have access to investors, I think they should first stop thinking about raising money, but really looking at what is it that they're passionate about and looking around in their network. Because, uh, you know, there, there are so many people that that we have in our network that we could kind of tap into, for this kind of you know in kind help Um, and your story is again a testament of you know where there is a will there is a way you know you you had the will you're walking in London and then you had the idea and uh, it is not about having ideas but it's about converting those ideas into a real business and that requires passion that and not always money Mm -hmm. your story again tells guys converting an idea into your business that the key ingredient is not money key ingredient is you your product, your passion, and the you said customer service. Because if you, if you look at Zappos as another example, they are like com- insane about customer service. And I was listening, uh, re- recently listening to, you know, Tony Shieh, their longest customer service call was eight hours. So they don't track their customer service reps on how many calls you have a minute. is said that's very really insane. If the customer wants to talk, let them talk. Apparently, somebody spoke for eight hours. So. But it's almost like you going there and delivering the shirt and having lunch with them, that's what every customer in the world wants, whether they are rich or poor. And I think this is a fantastic story. And I'm sure many entrepreneurs will take it up and, and then you know, get on
2: their you know, passions. Thank you.
1: Do you want to say anything in closing?
2: Well, I'm pretty happy I could just share the story and I hope there were some lessons you know that everyone can learn.
1: Yeah. This was amazing. So uh, thank you so much, Stan. Uh, this you are our very first guest in this whole series. We never had guests. It was only <laughs> uh,
0: <Raj laughs> Ravi and, and Rajesh uh, talking. So thank you so much. Um, so again, signing off, Ravi Kundlapalli. You can learn more about us and, and me at mindcloud.com. Yeah, and this is Rajesh Sethi,
1: and I. You can learn more about me on rajeshsethi.com. Until then, goodbye.